Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, nahmadahu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ghfiruh wa nu'minu bihi wa natabakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyat a'malina Man yahdiyallahu falamudillalah wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalah wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh amma ba'd قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال سبحانه وتعالى في مكان ثاني يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما صدق الله العظيم inshallah in today's khutbah i will talk about a historical event that happened in the time of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and another of of a different kind in the time of umar bin khattab radiyallahu anhu Inshallah, try to relate to today's reality. Like what is happening in Gaza, for example. As we are all aware of the atrocities are going on in Gaza. And in general, the whole blessed land of Palestine. As we know that while we are talking today, there was a ceasefire while at the same time there was exchange of prisoners referred to the Muslims which were also hostages in reality and the hostages from the other side. But at the same time we know that there are more people were arrested in the West Bank. Women, children, men without any kind of misdeed or misaction done by our brothers and sisters in the West Bank. So the number of people that were released by in, in, uh, from, uh, from the Gaza, there were more people were taken by this Zionist state, the occupiers in Palestine. Now, we are aware of one of the incidents that happened in the time of Rasulullah which is the Sulh Hudaybiyah, which is the Treaty of Hudaybiyah and it is important for us to have a clear understanding of that treaty. So we will not misapply this treaty at the wrong places, at the wrong time. This is a treaty that was a result of when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Sahaba ridwanullah alayhim, they were going to perform Umrah as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was commanded to go towards Mecca, travel to Mecca for Umrah. 
And it was the sixth year after the hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sahaba, they were there only with the intention of performing this Umrah. And the Kuffar of the Mecca at that time, they did not want Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sahaba to perform the Umrah. And different tactics were used. Even a battalion under Khalid bin Walid, who was not a Muslim at that time, was sent as well to stop the Muslims to enter to Mecca. And other actions were done to stop them. At that point, Rasulullah avoided all these kind of skirmishes that the kuffar of the Mecca were trying to do to prevent the Muslims to enter into Mecca. Rasulullah he wanted to talk to the people of the Mecca. And they also sent delegations to talk to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sent Uthman bin Affan radiallahu an to talk to the Meccans. And when his return was delayed, a rumor was spread that as if Uthman radiallahu an was martyred, was killed, was killed by the Meccans. And Rasulullah, he took the bay'ah from the Sahaba. He took the Pledge of Allegiance to take the revenge of the killing of Uthman. And in the bay'ah, Rasulullah took from all the Sahaba who were around him, and he used right hand of his own as the hand of Uthman representing him to fight the kuffar because of this deed. And then later on it was found that Uthman was safe and sound, he returned back. But now the Meccans, they wanted to crack a deal with the Muslims. And for us to understand that, the situation is very important. Muslims and the, the Meccans, they were already fighting with the Muslims. Since Muhammad Sallallahu migrated from Mecca to Medina, he established a state over there where he was ruling by Islam. And they wanted to make sure to crush the state and Muhammad Sallallahu and the Sahaba in Medina. Now, multiple battles happened. Badr, Uhud, the major ones, and even the Ahzab. Now, when they came to talk to Rasulullah sallallahu number one thing to understand, that even though the treaty sounded like in the favor of the Meccans, but it was a great victory from Allah azza wa jal. And I'm not, I'm not saying that because Allah azza wa jal is the one who referred that inna fathana laka fathan mubina. Allah is referring to this as a, a clear victory. Now, when the, the, the Meccans came to talk to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and they offered a treaty. And the part of the treaty was the Muslims will return back to Medina this year and they will come back next year for the Umrah. And there was a 10-year ceasefire between them. Also, other points which seemed very unfavorable for the Muslims were if anybody who becomes a Muslim and goes to Medina, they will return back to Mecca. But anybody who leaves Islam and comes to Mecca, then he will not be returned. And when this was written, Sahaba were asking Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, do you want us to write this? And Rasulullah said yes. And he said, the one who leaves Islam and goes back to Mecca, we don't want him anyways. And the one who accepts Islam and he's returned back to the Meccans, Allah will provide the safety to them. 
the protection to them. Now, this was the one that was more for the Muslims, these two and the third, first one, which was that they will not perform Umrah this year, they will return back. And the Sahaba were not feeling happy about this, this treaty. And then Umar ibn Khattab he went to Rasulullah even. And he asked him, Ya Rasulullah, aren't you the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And he said, Yes, then why are we doing this? And Rasulullah's response was to him was, because this I am the Messenger of Allah, I will do what Allah has commanded me to do. So this treaty was a command from Allah Azza wa Jal to be engaged in. So Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was doing only the following the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here. It's not giving up Islam. It is not a compromise in Islam. It is very clear to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we are not supposed to be compromising the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they want you to become soft, to become lenient, to give up, and they will give up with you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Rasulullah do not follow these liars, deniers of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now here, so when Rasulullah accepted this treaty, he was following the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, number one thing. And Umar was still not satisfied, and he said to Muhammad, Ya Rasulullah, you told us we can do the, perform the Umrah this year. Rasulullah said, I did not say that. I said we were going for Umrah this year. So he fulfilled what Rasulullah said, that they went for Umrah, but they did not perform Umrah. And they did perform next year. Now, the point to understand here about this treaty of Hudaybiyah is to understand that how beneficial, number one, this whole treaty was. Number one thing, when the Meccans came to Rasulullah to crack a treaty like that, they accepted Muhammad as a power in the Arabian Peninsula. Even though the Meccans were the powerful ones, now they have accepted Muhammad as another state. Hence, they were making a treaty with Muhammad That's one thing. Second thing happened. Rasulullah came with 1400 Sahaba to perform the Umrah. Right after Rasulullah returned back, he took the very same people to open Khaybar. And he took care, cleaned up the whole surrounding of the Medina. Because over there the Yahud and the Mushrikeen, they were continuously becoming a threat for the state besides the Meccans. So now that gave strength to the state that Rasulullah had in Medina, number one thing. Second thing that happened was Rasulullah opened up other lands also for Islam. And he started sending letters to different kings, including the Persian king at that time, Roman king, king of Egypt, Muqaqas, Habasha, Dajashi, and Ghassan, and the different tribes and different, uh, the, the different states that existed in the surrounding area, now that the, the deen was spread uh, down to them. It was, everybody was called towards Islam as well. And the next year, Rasulullah performed the Umrah with 2,000 people. And within two years period of time, the kuffar of the Mecca, they broke the treaty, and hence Rasulullah opened the Mecca for Islam now, and this time, he had 10,000 soldiers along with him. 10,000 soldiers. 
Look at the number, how rapidly the number of the Muslims increased and the power of the Muslims increased at that time. And then in Hunayn, we find 12,000 within a few months after Fath Makkah, the opening of the Mecca. And then Rasulullah went for Tabuk and the ninth year of Hijrah, which has 30,000 soldiers. From Sulah Hudaybiyah, which was in the sixth year of Hijrah, in the ninth year when Tabuk is happening, there are 30,000 soldiers along with Rasulullah. And the following year, when Rasulullah was performing his Hajj, they were going to one number, 124,000 people performed Hajj with Rasulullah. And according to another number, 144,000 people perform Hajj with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That shows that was a victory. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam did the Sulah Hudaybiyah or the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, that was the real victory for the Muslimin. It was not a treaty as we find nowadays have been offered to the Muslims after oppressing, after slaughtering, after a genocide of the women, children and men in Gaza and other parts of the Palestine as well. As we are seeing today when the ceasefire happened, we are still seeing in the, Gaza, in, in, in the West Bank there are many children, women and men have been arrested. As I said in the beginning of the talk that there are more men and women have been arrested than the number of people they have released so far. That's the reality of what's happening in this blessed land of the Palestine. And now when they were talking about two-state solutions on the land that was open in the time of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an, and the land was open for the Muslims, it was not open for the people of Gaza or Bayt al-Maqdas or it was only for the, uh, the people in the West Bank. This was the land for the Muslims to be open. It was not for the people of Palestine to think of as if they just talk about Palestinian issue. It's not a Ghazan issue, it's not a Palestinian issue, it's not an Arab issue. The one who opened the land were not Palestinians. They were from Mecca, they were from Medina. Whether we talk about Abdurrahman bin Awf, or whether we talk about Abu Baidah bin Jarrah, or Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, Khalid bin Walid, they came all the way from other, other parts of the world. Because that's the land that belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the land that Allah has blessed it to be open. And that was opened in 637 after the, after the uh, common era. About uh, 15 or 16th year after the Hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Umar bin Khattab radiallahu he made a, de made a treaty with the Christians of the Jerusalem over there, of the Palestine. And in that treaty, Muslims allowed the Muslims, the non-Muslims as well, to live in peace and harmony in that blessed land of Palestine. And Muslims, Jews and Christians, they continue to live throughout the history of 13 centuries or so under Islam with peace and harmony. But we see that in 1917, when Britain occupied this land, and then promised that land to the Zionists, to the Rothschilds, that they will be given to, to the Zionists to rule over by Balfour Declaration. And then that declaration was successfully implemented in 1948. And for the past 75 years, 
The Nakaba started, and I know people refer that time as a Nakaba. And we know that today what Nakaba is happening is much bigger than that one. There were 15,000 people who were martyred at that time. 750,000 were displaced. Today, over 20,000 have been already killed. And it's not even over yet. Over 1.3 million have been displaced already. It's a much bigger Nakba we're talking about. Much bigger calamity that's happening to the civilian, women, children, men, elderly. Churches have been destroyed. Mosques have been destroyed. Houses, schools, hospitals have been destroyed by the Zionist nation. So we are not the one who will be saying, oh, look at the Sulah Hudaybiyah. Rasulullah made the treaty and it was as if it was a weak one. No, it was not weak, number one. It was a strong one and that resulted into much bigger victories. It was not giving up your land like today in the shape of two-state solution have been presented to the Muslims. As a Muslim, we must reject any kind of two-state solution in the land of Palestine. This land belongs to the Muslim, should be taken back to the Muslim, should be under the, under the law of Allah Azza wa Jal, the creator of the heavens and the earth. That's the way a Muslim should must look at the solution for the land of Palestine. And it's, that does not mean, as the media try to twist that, that when we talk about that should be under Islam, as if we're talking about the Jews should be killed, or exterminated, or genocide. As a matter of fact, Muslims are the one who protected them throughout the history. If Muslims were not there, West have been, or the Europe must have, would have exterminated the Yahud long time ago. It's the Muslims who gave them asylums in many, many places. And they are the one who made them live in peace and harmony, as only can happen under the word of Allah Azza under the rule of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, under the Khilafah. We have, my brothers and sisters, have to be serious about this issue. And don't take it as this is just a Gaza issue. It is the issue of the Muslimin. It is the issue for the whole mankind now. If the mankind stays silent, then there will not be only one Gaza. This kind of atrocities will continue on. We better speak up and make sure that this kind of oppression must be over. وقول قولي هذا أستغفر الله ولكم ولسائر المسلمين واستغفره إنه غفور رحيم. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe. Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.